This is a Federal News Network podcast. A group of 30 students graduated last month from the first ever class of the Federal Cybersecurity Reskilling Academy. The coursework was difficult, but class members passed their certification exams with flying colors. The Trump administration says the success of the initial pilot shows the program can grow, although it acknowledges the challenges. We get more now from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. When the Trump administration announced the beginning of the Federal Cybersecurity Reskilling Academy last winter, no one really knew what to expect. But what the administration quickly learned is that feds were interested, over 1,500 people applied, and they were qualified. The Chief Information Officers Council ended up expanding the group from 25 to 30 students. We got a chance to meet some of the cybersecurity reskilling graduates. They finished their program and graduated back in July. Shannon Riley is one of them. She works at the Education Department's Privacy Office. She heard about the Reskilling Academy through her agency. My interest in applying started mostly because of my job in privacy. We work very closely with the cybersecurity workforce. Everything is very closely aligned but distinctly different. And I saw this as an opportunity to broaden my horizons in order to then strengthen my own privacy program. There's a lot of challenges with with bridging the gap between the IT world and than the public, and that's kind of, privacy has a, a spot in the middle there. And I saw this as an opportunity professionally in order to help with that. Personally, though, my entire life has essentially been on technology and on the internet, and we were hearing a lot more about what is happening in the tech world and in the cybersecurity world, and so then from a personal standpoint, I wanted to be able to learn what this technology is. Is it possible to fully protect myself or are those companies able to protect them, my data that they have? Riley and the other graduates took a series of in-person and virtual courses over the spring and summer. They learned about some of the basics first and then earned their security essentials certification. But they also learned the coding languages and how to defend and respond to a cyber attack. They worked on war game scenarios together and eventually learned how to break into a website without a password. Most of the graduates became certified incident handlers by the end. Since graduation, some of the students have been learning from experts about the cybersecurity workforce framework from the National Institute of Standards and Technology. They also visited the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Here's Riley. I think it was really beneficial for us to see that there are a lot more jobs that aren't just sitting in a security operations center looking at this long line of logs. (laughs) or monitoring the network and seeing what's going on. But there's, you know, a team that does outreach to different businesses um, and other governmental agencies, not even at the federal level. And and there's other training teams that help to train other federal agencies specifically. And just seeing those different opportunities at the one agency was very beneficial. And I know that every other agency probably has a slightly different cybersecurity program. And I think it'd be beneficial if we had the chance to possibly have an insight into those as well. Mary Gabriel is another Reskilling Academy graduate. She works in major acquisitions for the Coast Guard and heard about the Academy through a tweet from the Office of Management and Budget. In the past, you know, few years, I've seen requirements related to cybersecurity increase. You know, like 10, 15 years ago, maybe they were existent, but I didn't know about them. So... And I don't, you know, I had really little understanding about where they came from, um, why they're important, what's the root cause, what's driving them. 
And then um, when, you know, engineering changes are proposed for the cutter, those have to be balanced against all the other changes that we may be considering. So I really didn't know how to prioritize it. My thought kind of varied from who talked to me like, okay, we don't have to deal with this now, we can address it later, or, you know, oh, this is like our number one priority. But the reality probably lies somewhere in the middle. So I was, I was happy to get this opportunity to, to learn more. But, I, you know, through the, through the class, the training was incredible, and I really enjoyed it. So I've had opportunities to apply what I've learned at work so far, but I'm kind of interested maybe in finding a role that would take a greater, a greater um, focus on cybersecurity. Gabriel says her new cybersecurity skills help her ask better questions when working on procurements or better direct resources more accurately. The CIO Council sees it as a positive that some of the reskilling graduates have been able to apply their expertise within their current roles in human resources, acquisition, or budgeting. The goal, though, is to eventually fill some of those cybersecurity vacancies. And that's the part that's going to be a challenge. Here's Gabriel. At my current grade level, I would I don't think I can get, you know, kind of a cyber defense analyst role. Mm-hmm. I and if there I mean, if there's a path I haven't found it. I've, mm-hmm. you know, been trying to talk to people in my agency and see what's available, um, you know, a few more a few more avenues to explore, but um, I certainly haven't found it yet. I think my best opportunity is to kind of stay in the program management role, but get closer to that cyber adjacency. Mm-hmm. Retraining current federal employees so they have the skills to become cyber defense analysts was the ultimate goal of the academy. Suzette Kent is the federal chief information officer, and she says that's where the second cohort will come in. The second cohort is made up of students with IT backgrounds. They're currently taking a different curriculum that's designed to train them for those positions. But for Gabriel, a lot of the cybersecurity jobs are set at a lower grade level than the one that she has now. And that means that based on her current expertise, she might actually have to accept a demotion to take on one of those cyber jobs. Kent says she and the CIO Council are aware of this challenge. The Office of Personnel Management is aware of it, too. And they're all exploring whether they could detail some of the graduates, for example, to a cyber position, or if there's a way to put more emphasis on the graduates' hands-on experience from the academy instead of years of experience that they might not have. There's other challenges, too. Riley and Gabriel say they're both focused on maintaining the certifications they just earned. That'll eventually take more investments and more resources from agencies. That's a challenge for Kent, the CIO Council, and agencies to solve. Location is another issue. Here's Riley. And I think one of the challenges that I think hopefully will be addressed in future cohorts is this was open to federal employees across the entire government across the entire country. And what a lot of people are finding is most of these cybersecurity jobs are based here in Washington, D.C. And they might live elsewhere and they might not want to relocate or they're unable to relocate. And so I think that's a challenge with a lot of the other graduates that we're seeing. So it's not that we don't want to fill these positions. It might be other, there might be other barriers that hopefully will be addressed, whether the jobs move out there or they're able to come here. Ken says, yes, that's something that's on her radar, too. She says she wants to find a way to institutionalize and expand this reskilling program and others. The CIO Council sponsored and funded the Cyber Academy. In the future, maybe individual agencies will eventually spearhead other programs. 
Nicola Grisco, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.